0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Van City Health. Today we have Rhiannon Murphy, who recently finished her undergrad at McGill University, majoring in kinesiology. And during her time as a McGill undergrad, she was an events director for Motion Ball for the Special Olympics. I was a former kinesiology graduate rep for uh, McGill Student Association for Physical Education and Kinesiology. She helped McGill varsity teams as a member of the strength and conditioning staff, with seniors with neuromuscular disorders as an intern. I uh, was a community-based support worker for youth with intellectual and developmental disabilities at the North Shore Disability Resource Center here in BC, has shadowed athletic and physical therapists, and is now preparing to be a master's of physical therapy student right here in Vancouver at the University of British Columbia. Big introduction, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, so we're just gonna dive right into it. Sure. Was your plan always to study physiotherapy?
1: Y- in a way, yes, So, and in a way, no. Um, okay. I always knew I wanted to do something related to healthcare right. and as a kid, I was super athletic and was always interested in um, health and fitness. And I was always super injury prone, like okay. from a very, very young age. So I started going to physio very frequently at like age 10 or 11
0: gotcha. um,
1: for all kinds of injuries. And I was always so fascinated, like I always asked so many questions, I never just sat there during physio treatment, Okay. really made it a conversation and it was super interesting. And then I was really lucky that in my high school in grade 11, they offered um, a kinesiology course, and I had no idea what the word kinesiology even meant. So I took that class, loved it so much, and they were able to bring in PTs and ATs into that class.
0: That's amazing. And I think
1: having that really helped my little path, I guess. Yeah. So taking that class, I really knew I wanted to do kin. And then during the four years of my undergrad, I tried to keep an open mind as much as possible. So physio was always on the brain, but right. I didn't want to be so like narrowly focused that I cut off other opportunities, right. if that makes sense. Yeah. And I considered like osteopathy at one point and nursing, but very happy right. that physio is. But you were
0: always on that like healthcare route. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Going back to when you said, you know, you're going to physio at eight years old. Like for me, <laughs> like when I think about my experiences, yeah. I never like knew anyone that was going to physio at such a young age. Yeah. Like, do you think that was beneficial for you?
1: hmm Yeah. So I had flat feet naturally right. and I never knew that anything was necessarily like wrong with that. It's not yeah. that I started off with a major injury or anything. And it was one of my soccer coaches at the time. She thought that I could really benefit from going to see a physio just to check that I was doing okay. And I wasn't yeah. doing any long-term damage. Right. Um, so I actually went to her physio that she recommended and then that's kind of why I got in so young. And then I was doing two sports that everyone tells me kind of competed with each other and made me more injury prone. Okay. But they were both my passions at the time. So I kept doing do them yeah. and was constantly injured. Gotcha. Like partly a clumsy kid. Okay. And then I had like flat feet, hyperextended knees, and a rotated pelvis. Right. So it kind of, I don't know if it was my fault or yeah. biology but definitely benefited from all that physio in my sports world, but also in like my personal life and now I guess my professional. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. And you can totally relate to all the other, you know, you know, potentially clumsy patients you might have yeah. out there. And like I can totally relate. Mm-hmm. Uh, was your goal primarily to study at UBC or do you've gone anywhere else in Canada or even study abroad?
1: A lot of the physios that I went to, I went down to a deep cove sports physio right? and a lot of the physios in that clinic went to UBC and so I think I already had this kind of romantic notion with UBC Physio gotcha. just from that exposure. So I always had my sights set on UBC, but I did apply to four schools throughout Canada. Right. And I kind of had the attitude, wherever I got in is where I'll go. Yeah. But secretly, I didn't and never admit it, but secretly UBC was always my top choice. Kay. I have this weird anxiety thing <laughs> where I don't like telling people... Like that's my top choice, and okay. I did not get in. Gotcha. Kind of yeah. So it really worked out well. Perfect. Because UBC was the only one out of the four that I did get in, and it was my top choice. So
0: everything happens for a reason. It
1: all worked out. There well. you go.
0: All right. So going back to one of your prior experiences, and we're going to fo- focus more on Motionball um, mm-hmm. with another guest. But just for our audience today, it's amazing to have you know cross country support and different members, uh, especially on this series, working with Motionball. Yeah. But could you briefly explain what Motion Ball is and what your role was?
1: Sure, I'm super passionate about Motion Ball, so I'm happy to talk about yeah. it forever. So stop me if I say too much. Yeah. But I think Motion Ball is the next generation of the Special Olympic movement, right. um, And a lot of their focus is bringing awareness to university age students and like young working professionals. And the focus is to raise awareness and fundraise for the Special Olympics Canada Foundation. And being involved with their university chapters, our focus was a lot on awareness. So their uh, mission statement is educate, integrate, celebrate. And I feel like that sums it up perfectly. So although at McGill, our committee had high goals for ourselves for our fundraising totals, that wasn't ever our main focus. We just wanted to try our best to make lots of opportunities to invite Special Olympic athletes onto campus, to educate McGill students and staff about Special Olympics and individuals with intellectual disabilities in Canada, yeah. just to make campus a much more inclusive and safe space for not only those with intellectual disabilities, but for everyone. Right. And we have one main event every year called the Marathon of Sports that brings everyone together to really celebrate these athletes. So I've been involved For three years. It's been at McGill for three years. Cool. The first year I was a participant and fell in love with it right away. The second year I was on the committee, and then this past year I was one of the co event directors. Great. Unfortunately, we did not get to have our big event because it would have been on March 28th. Right. So Corona kind of bummed us out there, but we were still able to fundraise a lot. Unfortunately, we didn't meet our goals because we right. lost a big chunk of our fundraising time. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but one of my goals mm-hmm. this past year was to make it more frequent and present on campus rather than just the one main event. Right. So I set the goal for our committee to do one event per month as a that's fundraiser amazing. and one that brings athletes on campus. So I yeah. think we were really able to kind of make ourselves known within the McGill community and spread that ball message of inclusivity even though we weren't able to have our main event. So still gotcha. still proud of how it worked out. Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah. Going back to your other experiences, did you find that being a kinesiology graduate rep, uh, did that lead to any valuable networking opportunities for you?
1: Mm-hmm. So I only got involved with um, our student council in my final year right. as our grad rep, and I really wish I got involved sooner because it was a super positive experience for me. Um, so my role was... <laughs> rep of my cohort or my year pretty much. So to be the liaison between student council, our department, and then the students and really kind of be an advocate for them and a voice for them. I thought I was close with my fellow students before I got the position, which is why I ran for it, but definitely got closer with so many more people after that within my own year and program, but then also got to meet so many people in all the other years within phys ed as well because we're kin and phys ed on the same mm-hmm. student association and i didn't interact with most of them before so i got to meet with them and then being involved on council definitely made me feel more a part of the department and a lot more comfortable with our faculty and got a lot of connections with staff members through being on council gotcha do you think as a yeah.
0: kinesiology student Networking is pretty valuable because I know it, like, for a lot of business students, so mm-hmm. it's a, a, like a big focus for them. But mm-hmm. as a kinesiology student, you don't really think of, you know, you need to network and kind of expand the people you know in the field. Like, do you think that is a pretty important part?
1: For sure. And I think I'm only realizing that now.
0: Right. It
1: definitely wasn't something that was like brought up to us formally or officially. Yeah. And it kind of feels like against our nature. Like, we know our science, we know that stuff, yeah. but like, That kind of like, I guess, selling yourself and promoting yourself, yeah. I feel uncomfortable doing because I never practiced it. Right. But definitely in the field of kin, um, it's a good skill to have and something I think you need to have. And I definitely recommend people to find ways to get into that sooner because it's definitely a skill that comes with practice. So the more you do it, the better you become.
0: For sure. Which McGill varsity teams did you support on the strength and conditioning staff?
1: Sure. I was assigned to McGill football. Cool. Or men's football. Yeah. There's only one. Yeah. Uh swimming, both men's and women, and then men's soccer.
0: Gotcha. And what did you do for them?
1: I did it for an internship, so okay. just one semester. So I was part of their strength and conditioning staff. And so each role I played kind of differed based on the team I was with, because I was supporting different strength coaches based right. on the different teams. So I kind of played a different role. And they all knew that i was pursuing physiotherapy okay and so they really tried to cater my experience That's to awesome. match that which i really appreciated interesting yeah so a lot of my time with the varsity teams was emphasizing the recovery and injury prevention kind of side right. of strength and conditioning which i really appreciated and then i was super fortunate with men's soccer one of their goalies was dealing with a long-term injury and so they partnered me up with him and I worked with him the whole semester so I met with his physio and she talked me through the plan that she had given him yeah and then I was the one to kind of help him carry it out so during their team session while the rest of them were practicing I was with him on the side going through the layout kind of providing some tweaks assisting him where I can I wasn't giving him any exercises we were following the physio plan but kind of getting to share that knowledge and then also learning from him. So I asked him right. as many questions as I could and then getting to talk to his physio was super interesting for me too. So I, I really bet. appreciated uh, that experience.
0: Yeah. So Sorry. like when you go into like <coughs> strength and conditioning yeah. um, for any program, you're usually thinking you're making, you're helping make the program. Mm-hmm. And it usually like when you think of like students helping uh, varsity teams, it's usually like taping or, mm-hmm you know, other things that like might be, ha- that might happen during game day. Yes. But it's super interesting that you were able to get, like essentially shadow a physio and mm-hmm. help uh, teams on the recovery roads. So that's a very interesting experience, like for, for anyone listening to this to, uh, to really explore opportunities because you don't really know what's going to happen with an opportunity. And for you, it's just, lucky enough that you were able to get that experience catered to the mm-hmm. physio route, so.
1: I was super lucky too, because during the winter semester, it was the off season for soccer and football. Yeah. And at first I thought that would have been a downside for me and that I was gonna miss a lot of it, but it ended up being super great because they were using that off season to either rehab injuries from the fall or kind of build up towards their next season, which is where kind of my focus is right. anyway. So it really was a good match in the end.
0: Yeah. Completely moving away from that experience. Um, Working with seniors with neuromuscular disorders, Mm -hmm. what was that like?
1: It was interesting.
0: Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Going to have to expand on that (laughs) a little bit more. So
1: um, at the senior center, they have a gym for healthy seniors, 50 plus, and then they have an adapted clinic for those with neuromuscular disorders, and they do different classes. So... My kind of role really differed based on the class I was working with. Right. So there was post-stroke, there was multiple sclerosis classes, and there was a lot of Parkinson's, and then there was also things like class for those who had recently had a hip replacement right. or a knee surgery kind of operation. And so the beginning part of my internship there was a more supportive role, but then as I learned more and they felt more confident with me, I led some of those classes cool. with a roughly like five to eight seniors. Right. Depending on the class. So some of them I could lead with all of them. And the other classes that needed more assistance, we would do one intern per senior and kind of rotate through a circuit so that you would be providing a lot more individualized and specific support. Yeah. And those were the classes that really needed it. Yeah. Learned a lot. Okay. Don't know if I would do it again, though. Okay.
0: Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. So I know when a lot of students, you know, might be looking for internships during their undergrad, Mm -hmm. they're thinking... What are my opportunities in front of me? And they sometimes shy away kind of from working with seniors. Like there's a lot of stigmatism there, yes. but what do you think was your biggest takeaway from working mm-hmm. with seniors, especially with their sorters?
1: I didn't realize just how rewarding it would be right. when I started. So I think with kinesiology and physio, a lot of students focus on like pro athletes yeah. and that's where like the excitement is. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. That's super exciting. And right. I would be super fortunate to work in that avenue. Yeah but that's just such a tiny piece right. of where you can work or where you can have a huge benefit. And so for me personally, we're allowed to do uh, two internships during your undergrad. Gotcha. So I kind of went into it trying to be strategic about it. Okay. So I knew I had two and I kind of wanted to pick two on opposite ends of the spectrum so that right. I could see the variety of clients or potential possibilities and avenues to work in, which is why I chose to do seniors with neuromuscular and then later do pro athletes or varsity athletes to kind of get that full. Very smart. I I like to think so. I'm glad I did that. (laughs) There was other options too. The way ours worked is you kind of listed your top three and then got where you got. So I had put a cancer placement, the neuromuscular seniors and cardio as my three. Gotcha. And then I was going to do the varsity one later.
0: Gotcha. Uh,
1: So it kind of worked out that way. Like being an intern and working with seniors, you're making very, very small pr- improvements, if any. Right. Like a lot of the time you're working on trying to prevent the degrading of their ability. So you're not really seeing any like strength gains or like big improvements. And sometimes that can be discouraging until I realized like when I spoke with family members of some of the seniors we worked with and how grateful they were for these classes and the young interns coming in, I didn't realize we were having such a huge impact on their lives as we were. And I think I found that even a little bit more rewarding than when I ended up working with varsity. Cause I was really, you find you're really helping just their daily life and how those functional improvements can be so huge for someone. And so that was really great. And also I think I learned how it's a lot more than just the physical, like those classes were some of the only social interaction they had in a week. And I really tried to make it like worthwhile and make it fun and interact and show an interest in their life outside of just their physical rehab that we were doing with right. them. So yeah, grateful for that experience cool. That's and what awesome. I learned with it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then you came over here, you are working at the North Shore Disability Resource Center mm-hmm. and then last summer you were a community-based support worker. So yeah. what does that, what does that entail?
1: That was a lot. So that was last <laughs> okay. summer and it was a job that had a very, very steep learning curve for me. So To backtrack a little bit on how I got into it, I knew that uh, UBC, for their volunteer requirements, had like very specific requirements on what they would accept for volunteer hours. So normally when I come home, I work for the summer. I don't work during the year, and I work waitressing kind of jobs. I knew last summer that I needed to get something more specific Mm -hmm. to what UBC was looking for. So I was just looking for volunteer opportunities and reached out to North Shore Disability Resource Center right. and then they responded that they were actually hiring Amazing. and they're like coming for an interview And I was like, well, okay. Great. Yeah. And to be honest I didn't actually think I was qualified for the interview. Okay, because I don't know just didn't think I was qualified okay. Fair enough um, Went in for the interview got the job super thankfully, but I had missed the first week of training
0: Because right. it was
1: two weeks of training. And I got hired at the end of the first week.
0: Oh, okay
1: um, And then they just brought me in Right. Yeah, so I was super stressed <laughs> yeah. about it, but basically how they work, it's basically a summer camp kind of format for kids age 7 to 18 right. with a variety of different intellectual and developmental disabilities. So they have kind of one main center that they operate out of, but it's very small and there's a lot of other things they do. Right. So most of our day, well, the majority of our day is spent out in the community. So we meet them in the morning, and then pretty much pack our bags, and then we're out until like three, three thirty in the afternoon when they get picked up. Yeah. And we did all kinds of things, like we went to YVR one day. Yeah. Doing that cattle line was a little <laughs> stressful. Yeah, um, we go swimming. We have park days, like all kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and the way we worked is sometimes you were one to one, so one of me per one student or kid. And then I was up to three kids at a time, depending right. on their different needs and abilities. But we would go as a collective. So like the right. whole group would go on an activity, but you were kind of in charge of your cool. student. And we switched kids every week, pretty much, that you got to kind of experience a variety of kids. Yeah.
0: Because wouldn't, like, wouldn't the train of thought be, you know, pair have mm-hmm. one pairing the entire time instead yeah. of continue switching just mm-hmm. because it's just you know, a foreign face every time? Like, what was the reasoning behind that?
1: For sure. I think a lot of it just came down to scheduling. So some kids were there all summer and some were there on and off. And sometimes I had one kid by themselves. Sometimes I had them paired with somebody else. But I think kids benefit greatly from different personalities. And sometimes you don't know what the best matches will be until you actually do it. So I think having that switch actually worked out really well because we found out which staff and which kids paired really well together just naturally. And then also for staff too, like some kids are a lot more work than others in different ways and can be a little more draining, whereas other kids are a lot more easygoing. So it can be nice to switch it up. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: So how would you compare this experience in terms of different types of challenges and takeaways uh, with working with seniors with neuromuscular disorders and varsity teams?
1: Sure. So I think one of the biggest things is I was working like, eight to five, five days a week, this job. Whereas the other two were internships, which were like 10 to 12 hours a week spread out over the five days. So just that, like fully being immersed in it all day, I think gave me a better idea of like what this could be as a job, not just as like a class or an internship. And then like with the internships, there was opportunity for me to take leadership and responsibility, but I was always shadowing someone. Whereas in this job last summer, it was me and that was it. Like Great. you were out in the community, you were responsible for those kids. Sometimes I would be leading an activity like for the whole group. Right. Other times I'm just with my one-on-one companion. Yep. But there's no one really to turn to when you're out there in the day. You've right. got to think on your feet. you got to come up with those ideas. you got to problem solve whatever you're facing. So I think I learned a lot more. Just from being forced to right. be the person to step up, gotcha. and I think it was also huge for my confidence in my like ability to work in this field, yeah. because I was the only one that I could kind of count on. Right. So I had to step up, and I think I did an okay job. Like I showed yep. up for those kids. So I think I was a lot more proud of the work I did with them because it came down to me, right, and like me alone.
0: No, that's great. If that makes sense. No, no, it totally does. And for the people who might be graduating, listening to this, yeah. or, or going into their final year, mm-hmm. and they don't have any experience, do you think it's more valuable for them to kind of be in that more of a shadow position, or in mm-hmm. a position like that where you, you know, you're kind of more in charge? You can get that, you know, greater experience in that in that sense.
1: Mm-hmm. I think both are so valuable, right? Because I, you learn so much from whoever you shadow, and they right. have so much knowledge to share. I think. Probably probably, if you have no experience yeah. at all, probably best to start off shadowing right. and learning. And then once you've gained that confidence and that experience, like I encourage you to put yourself in a position that might be a little bit out of your comfort zone because you learn so much.
0: Great. So how did you manage to shadow yeah. both an athletic therapist mm-hmm. and a physical therapist? So were you like mm-hmm. previously connected beforehand or was this just through those internships?
1: Mm-hmm. So again, I kind of want it to be strategic about who right. I shadow.
0: Okay. So
1: a lot of the advice I got from people that are in physio right now or working as physios was when I asked them like their advice for the application process for grad school was to really show you understand kind of the breadth of the career and like the scope. Right. So I wanted to find shadowing opportunities as diverse as possible so that I could be exposed to kind of Great. such a variety of okay. opportunities. So I got to shadow a physio at the intensive care unit at St. Paul's hospital. Um, and I got that because my, a friend of my mom, she works, um, I don't know what her title is. She's a spiritual counselor okay. in the ICU. And gotcha. so she works in a interdisciplinary team in the hospital and one of the people she works with is a physio so she handed on the contact to me and then i reached out to her through email explained my situation who i was and then she was super happy to have me along and i'm really grateful for that Um, just for a day down in st paul's which was also a very intense experience (laughs) Um, and then my brother is a rugby player And his rugby club is sponsored by Coast Performance Rehab. So he told me that they they have the Marine Clinic on Lonsdale and they have quite a variety of uh, staff there from ATs, PTs, KIN, um, RMT, Cairo, all in the same spot. I was like, wow, that would be a cool place to get in. He didn't have any contact info because he's not the most organized, whatever. But I was like, okay, Coast Performance, Googled them. Found their contact info on their website, and then in in my email introducing myself, I just kind of mentioned my brother and the rugby club and that connection, right. and then they were super nice enough to have me along to shadow the AT there, and the day I was working there, he was working with uh, Patrick Chan. Yeah, that was super awesome. So cool to kind of get that exposure, and then I shadowed a day at Kids Physio Group just because I didn't know there was such a thing as kids physio. Me
0: neither. (laughs) Pediatric (laughs) physiotherapy
1: is still very new to me. Gotcha. Um, But one of my neighbors, when she heard I was home for the summer and was considering physio, she was like, did you know about kids PT? I was like, no idea. She's like, my kid goes there. So again, Googled them, sent them an email. But yeah, didn't really have that introduction made. Kind of just emailed them out of the blue and then got to hang out in their little clinic for a day, which was super cool.
0: Very interesting. I think one of the key takeaways from that is you kind of have to ask for these opportunities. Mm -hmm. You can't just already set up that barrier in your head that you can't get it because Mm -hmm. who, why would they take me like out of all the people out there? But it seems like in a lot of your cases of you just, you know, having, you know, even just a little bit of a connection, which just help like help you have that warm lead into your email, and then you can reach out, and obviously it yeah. lends really amazing opportunities for you. So, how would you recommend a, a student to find someone to shadow? Mm-hmm.
1: Honestly, go through the people you know yeah. already. As I said, I was like super. I don't know if it's lucky, but to be injury prone and have mm-hmm. met a bunch right. of physios, so I kind of knew who to talk to. But I understand. Um, People may not already have those connections. But I feel like the generation we're living in, everybody knows someone that goes to a physio or has a clinic that they're happy to recommend. And you can kind of ask around for those contacts. And what I found is people are so willing to share their knowledge um, and so passionate about it and so happy to have someone on to shadow. So when I realized that, I realized it was a lot less intimidating because I thought like, I would be a nuisance or an inconvenience and why would they want me along? Um, But every experience has been so positive and uh, you just have to probe them a little bit and they just like open up with so much knowledge to share. So I think don't be afraid to ask if you have connections that's super helpful, but it's still you at the end of the day. Like I still wrote super professional emails and introduced myself and kind of like, worked for it I right. guess if that and you makes took sense. Action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like don't take it too lightly if you have those connections already and if you don't there's ways to find like even right. some cold call emails sometimes work out because they're yeah. super happy to share right their knowledge
0: yeah I'd, I'd say like even in you know even other professions mm-hmm. as long as you kind of frame what you're asking for as a means of hey how can you help me out instead of you know mm-hmm. just asking for the position yeah. that can be mu- you can be much more successful because mm-hmm. a lot of people it's like it's innate for people to want to help other people yeah. and in this case i think a lot of students are just scared of of the rejection or exactly as you said being a nuisance Whereas <laughs> in reality, a lot of people are very open to, mm-hmm. you know, extra help or getting more hands on deck.
1: If you know about them too, that helps. Like right. I put in some info, like I know you work with my brother's rugby team. They've said, mm-hmm. um, you use these therapies or like, I've heard good things about you, like blah, blah, blah. Butter them up a little bit in yeah. those emails. Doesn't
0: hurt. <laughs> sure. uh, but yeah. Right. In general, what do you have to keep in mind if you're a current undergraduate student, if you wanted to study physiotherapy? So anything like grades, volunteering, types mm-hmm. of experience, if you want to sure. expand on that again.
1: I think if you know that you want to go into physio early on, I recommend looking into the requirements of different schools early on. Right. Because, so I applied to four within Canada, and there were some similarities among them, but there were also some specific differences. Yeah. So I kind of knew from the beginning that UBC is the one I wanted to go to. So even as early on as like first year, I was looking at their PT wow. requirements kind of just out of curiosity, but yep. also to keep it in the back of my head For sure. when it came to like course selection and that kind of stuff. And I kind of catered my undergrad towards UBC's admissions to requirements, Right. but there's a lot of similarities. So a lot of them require volunteer hours. Right. Some of them are more specific on what they're looking for, but generally like volunteer hours in the field or in healthcare, you're good to go. I'd say get right. in that early because the more you can get, the better, and that also helps you with your connections. Gotcha. And honestly, I experienced through going through these like four schools' applications, they're totally different, really. Well, in what they're looking for, okay. and again, I'm gonna critique Miguel, right? Like, so I didn't get into Miguel, yeah. and their application was pretty much solely GPA, okay. Um, and they kind of do it in cuts. So first they look at your GPA and if mm-hmm. you don't make that, your cut, right? Then they look at your resume, make cuts. okay. And then after that, you have to submit um, a two-minute vis- video about why you want to be right. a PT. Hmm. And they don't do interviews.
0: Very interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas UBC, which was the only school I got into, yeah. I thought they had the best application, the most fair and the most uh, well-rounded, which I think they kind of uh, were able to assess what I think are some of the most important skills that will be required as a right. physiotherapist. So I think they had the best application process and it kind of allowed me to shine a little bit better yeah. cause they weren't solely GPA. And okay. also the way all four schools calculated their entrance GPA was different. Right. So I had a different applying GPA, which was super confusing right. and like how to keep track of, Yeah. but yeah, if you know, you want to be a physio early on, like I recommend gotcha. getting in on that yeah
0: yeah and i just to cater to UBC a little bit it yeah. seems like it's more experiential based rather mm-hmm. than purely on gpa so the route that you took having you know all these different types of experiences working mm-hmm. with you know different types of people and just having a different level of leadership or a different type of leadership in each one really did make you stand out at the for end of the sure.
1: day and i think i pulled on a lot of those experiences in the interview I bet. yeah And i was so stressed for that interview but i think <laughs> I was kind of already prepared just from doing internships and volunteering in that job last summer. Gave me a lot of skills and gave me a lot of things to talk about, to draw from in that interview for sure.
0: Great. And at McGill, what do you think is the best major you could get there that would prepare you to Mm -hmm. get into a physio school? Do you think it's Kim? Mm
1: -hmm. So McGill has a physio undergrad program. Okay which I don't think many schools do. So I didn't actually know about it when I started. Some people start in KIN and transfer into the PT undergrad program. I wasn't that kind of interested enough to transfer over. I was happy to stay in KIN because I think it gave a well-rounded approach. We did have overlapping classes with them. So like our anatomy and our physiology was overlapping with them. Yeah. And that program kind of feeds into McGill's master's of physio. But from my experience, it's only worthwhile if you're planning to stay at McGill for your master's. Gotcha. Um, I don't know how it transfers well to other schools and the requirements you kind of have. So I think kin is the best bet. Okay. But honestly, any science probably is pretty good. But gotcha. there are some things that weren't covered in my kin curriculum that I had to like Take classes in my electives to meet UBC requirements, but Kin covered all my anatomy prereqs and my science prereqs and my physiology, and all the good experiences I brought along through internships. and Gotcha.
0: Whatnot. And I know, like, when you go into a physio school, you don't have to have a kinesiology degree. You can oh, for get sure. in with, you
1: know, someone like, in even with like an film, arts degree. Yeah, a film degree. Yeah. Gotcha. So don't let that be limiting.
0: For sure. Right. So, how did you begin the application process to become a physical therapy master's student at UBC?
1: Mm-hmm. So again, I was kind of weird in that I started it super early, just like looking at their requirements. Yeah. Um, and then when it came down to it, I think I put it off a little bit because I was really stressed. Right. And then it was over winter break and kind of just did it all together. Right. But I knew that you needed two references. So I made right. sure that was the first thing I did was asking gotcha. the profs that I wanted to be my references. And like for their volunteer requirements, that's kind of why I got my job as a support worker, so I made sure at the end of the summer to get a reference letter from her and get her contact, my supervisor, sorry, right. and I told her that I'd be applying to UBC around December and that I'd gotcha. be reaching out to her for that, so she was prepared. So those was kind of my initial steps, gotcha. I guess.
0: And in terms of the unique requirements to UBC's B2 mm-hmm. program, you know, aside from others, it seems like experience was a, a pretty big factor. Yeah. Were there any other unique requirements to UBC's BT program?
1: hmm So they were the most like specific um, and thorough in what they were expecting all around. So even with their class requirements, like they require a psychology. And even though we do two uh, psych classes in our KIN program, it has the KIN course code and they don't accept that. They need a psych course code. So like I knew that early on and took an elective that had a psych course code. And I know a few people from McGill that applied to UBC did not know that, didn't get an interview because of that. Um, So they're quite a little nitty gritty in some of their requirements and then like their volunteer was the most specific expectations they had. They would not accept um, general volunteering for your hours, your hour minimum. Um, They had a lot of specifications of what they wanted. So that was kind of unique. And then yeah, two reference letters and a resume and then they had a complimentary application where you got to talk about like your hobbies, your awards, gotcha. kind of sell yourself a little more on your cool. not just school kind of stuff.
0: Gotcha. And did you ever contact someone from UBC's PT admissions like team at all or no?
1: No, gotcha. I did. I wasn't sure if they would take my English because it didn't have an English. Okay. Course code, So I did email them about gotcha. that.
0: Uh, did you ever try to contact someone from UBC's PT admissions staff before applying?
1: Mm-hmm. I didn't gotcha. personally, but in hindsight, I wish I did. Um, and I recommend that anybody do because uh, they seem super open and super helpful and gotcha. a great resource.
0: Just to give you like tips on the process. Yeah. Or something that you might Clarification. need. That you like missing. Gotcha. Sure. Cool. Uh, if you were to redo your entire application process, specifically for UBC's PT program, rather be getting certain types of experiences in your undergrad, how would you try and make that application even better?
1: Honestly, I was pretty happy with my <laughs> application, like not Fair to enough. toot my own horn. Like,
0: gotcha. to be honest,
1: first year I looked at their requirements and for four years was kind of catering what I was doing Amazing. to UBC, so... Don't think I would have redone it.
0: Right. I yeah. think it speaks volumes to the, the <laughs> earlier you look at the requirements mm-hmm. and the more you can cater what, you, like what you did, cater mm-hmm. your, essentially your entire degree in terms of like your courses, the experience, yes. obviously the results pay off at the end of the day, just because you catered so much to that, those admission requirements that makes well, sense to have done it.
1: It made it so much more less stressful because right. I kind of had time to prepare for it. Right. Whereas I know a lot of people only figured out some of the requirements In their senior years, and they were kind of stressed to meet it. Gotcha. Whereas I had kind of more time to cool. Perfect my application. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. In general, can you tell us what the interview is like during your UBC PT application?
1: Mm -hmm. So they do the MMI, the multiple mini interviews. Gotcha. Which is like ten stations, and you have a couple minutes at each station, um, and then you rotate through. Gotcha. Which I thought was going to be the most stressful experience of my life. Yeah. Um, Ended up going really well. Um, Took some steps to prepare so you can find a lot of previous questions or practice questions online um, And you can kind of see the trends of the questions they kind of ask about Okay, so there's always going to be some kind of acting station where you have to interact with somebody else Um, Whereas the interview is like playing a role and you have to interact with them. There's normally a station based on communication It takes on all kinds of forms Uh, There's a written station and you always know there's going to be something on kind of rural community health or Aboriginal health. So you can kind of prepare for general topics. But at the same time, like they kind of throw stuff at you that you can't prepare for. And I think just being kind of confident in yourself and the experiences you've had was a big help. But I definitely practiced just like talking out loud either to my family members or recording myself just so I got comfortable speaking yeah. so that when i went into the interview i felt very confident and like how to articulate my thoughts and points right and don't get stressed if like one goes wrong because yeah. just go into the next one yeah. fresh
0: seems like you have 10 <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> 10 Perfect. tries to get it right hopefully great
0: yeah and how long is ubc's PT program
1: 26 months
0: how long does it take for someone to be able to become a physiotherapist mm-hmm. just even starting from an undergrad degree like how many years yes. does it take
1: so, for me, it would be six years gotcha. and two months. Four okay. years of undergrad, and then two in two months. Gotcha. Of masters. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. And last question Do you have <laughs> any other tips for students trying to apply to study physiotherapy at UBC?
1: Mm-hmm. Be confident. Don't get stressed. Like, I had a lot of road bumps along the way in my undergrad, um, and a few times thought there was no way I was going to get into UBC. Right. But I think you can't get in that mindset got to keep working at it and diversify your experiences like they want a well-rounded candidate they don't want someone totally academic and don't be afraid to show off your personality in the interview or in your internships or
0: gotcha and what, what are you most excited for
1: the people yeah everybody I met at the UBC interview was so lovely like fellow interviewees and their faculty members and I've heard such great things I'm really excited and I find kind of their prestige, very motivating. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today's episode. Your experience has been super useful, especially for people wanting to apply to the PT program at UBC. Mm -hmm. I hope so. Thank you. (laughs)